You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 93. i got to tell you, listeners, I am scared shitless. I woke up this morning and, uh, you know, the alarm got me up, actually. You know, it might be uh, Saturday in my neck of the woods, but uh, I still like getting up at about 6.30am. I can get started and get a little bit of work done, a bit of riding done before the kids wake up. Anyway, so I'm sort of doing the normal thing, get the, the iPhone, check the Twitter feed, see who's wanted to abuse me this week. And, uh, you know, I sort of look up on the side and, and out of the peripheral vision, if you will, there's this great big, bigger than a man's size hand. I mean, you think Michael Jordan's size hand. That's the size hand you've got to think where you can grip that basketball with one hand. Well, you know what? That's the size of a great big ugly, hairy huntsman spider. And it was sitting right above my bed. Oh, it gave gave me the willies. And Kevin, please tell me that you don't have those big, big spiders when you wake up. That was just terrifying. I don't want to go to sleep tonight. I'm scared. Oh, poor little thing. No, we don't have spiders quite that big. Ours are ours are probably about the size of a dollar bill around or something like that. So that's that's, that's still big enough for me. You, you know what? If they weren't hairy and they weren't ugly, and if they didn't run so fast, it wouldn't be such an issue. And of course, they get their name huntsman because they go out and hunt for their prey. They don't actually uh, form a web or have a web, so you can't easily spray them or catch them. They literally walk around like you know we do, you know, and uh, so they just sort of go where they please and unfortunately when they feel that it's going to rain they're they're very weather sensitive and they're like hey I'm not going to get wet I'm going inside and you know if it's too hot they like coming inside as well and it's like listen this is my house I pay the bills I pay the mortgage you don't pay anything (laughs) it's like get out of here so uh, uh, well you know what it's fun but boy that's um, Actually, both of us, Gretel came out as well, and we just sat in the lounge room, and Gretel actually fell asleep on the lounge this morning. She's like, I'm not going back in there either. You know, we've got the spray, but what we've got, Kevin, is we've got these air vents to go through the outside, and what it does is it just circulates the air, and it allows the house to breathe and and then not uh, have mould and mildew uh, form up, which, you know, is absolutely fantastic. So we can lock all the windows and have it nice and secure at night, but have air flowing through. The problem with that is, of course... It lets nature in. <laughs> so, um, and last night it let nature in. So I'm, I'm uh, yes, a lot of spray went in that little cavity. You know what you ought to consider with uh, the advent of nature coming into your home? Maybe you should take and I, I assume you have like a, a grate or something over top of these. It's not a straight through hole. No, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, not a, a, it's a grate, but the, the thing with the huntsman, they can flatten their body down really, really flat as well. Uh, they're very good at contortion in their their body, so they can fit through any small little gap. So, uh, you know, we'd have to put up like fly wire, uh, the the fly screen wire that you'd have on, on on your windows or your doors. We'd have to sort of put that over there because the grills are, I guess, uh, maybe they're a, a centimeter, probably probably about a centimeter in in thickness, and then maybe. Uh, you know, say five centimetres in height, and then there's two two layers of them. And, you know, they work extremely well, but, you know, I've had cockroaches come in, <laughs> I've had spiders. You know, we, we're cleaning up the yard and, and so forth, but there's never enough hours in the day, and, you know, we're, we're being mass murderers at the moment, killing them all, but, 
we'll get them eventually, but oh boy, there's nothing worse than waking up to that. I mean, you know, some I, I can guarantee some of the uh, the guys who have been married a very long time would turn around and say, hey, you know, I roll over, I wake up next to the woman I've been with for 30 years, I get shocked. Trust me, there is nothing <laughs> as shocking as waking up and having this great big huntsman spider up there. It just, even the thought of it just makes my hair stand up. Oh, it's awful. Well, we I finally know how big a huntsman is after that video that was posted. Oh, oh yeah, God, that's uh, funny. I forget who posted that, but I've oh, seen that video. Was it Dorothy? I think Dorothy. Uh, was it Dorothy Yamamoto that gave us that? I, I think it was. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because I've seen that video before, and it's like, that guy was so scared, and it's like, dude, what the hell are you doing climbing the ladder with uh, <laughs> a container to capture this huntsman spider? It's like, are you seriously nuts? So, uh, it's, it's yeah, no, it's it's just not part of me um, to go catching them. I actually, I, I, I literally catapulted myself over the top of Gretel this morning onto the other side, <laughs> woke her up and said, you got to kill this spider. you got to kill this fucking spider. This is incredible. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's too funny. Poor Gretel. It is. And I'm, she didn't look, know she... You know what? I, I'm scared shitless of spiders, as we all know. And you know what? I know it's harmless. I know that they rarely bite. And really, it's only the female of the species that bite when it's breeding time. And she's protecting her eggs and her young. And um, so I know that there's, there's very little risk. You know what I mean? I know people pick them up with their hand and put them back outside. But they're just ugly. <laughs> they're big, they're furry, and they're ugly. And I just can't get past that. <laughs> you know? So yeah, No, uh, I, I, I would have probably... I would jump if I saw... It was Dorothy Yamamoto. So thank you, Dorothy. That, that made me laugh, and I did think of Mark immediately when I saw that. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, I probably would jump. I don't know that I would leap over my wife and hop out of bed. I'd go looking well, for something. I wasn't going to hop out on my side, though, because what if it fell down on me? Hey, you, you got to remember that I was in the shower butt naked, and this thing fell off the okay, IHC okay. heater on, on, on the ceiling, and then started running around on, 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 the, uh, on the bathroom floor after me. You know? I kept I running I around. <laughs> I gotta gouge my eyes out the picture of you buck naked running around the bathroom. This is, the the only thing I can say to that is honey boo boo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, let's move on to our next topic because Kevin has not lost his sense of humor even with a week away. So uh, yeah, sorry that we didn't do a, a show last week, listeners. We uh, we didn't we couldn't just get the times working right and uh, then Kevin wasn't a hundred percent and then it was a bit hot for me so we decided to give it a miss but you know what sometimes it's better to have you guys just wait a little bit longer yeah I, I again I do want to apologize I'm blaming mark mostly for all this uh, I'm I'm you know I was under the weather but I was still willing to try and he was just being difficult because he was sweating in places he didn't want to sweat from. But, uh, all, I mean, all jokes aside, I, I, I am feeling a little bit better. I'm on the mend. But I, I have to tell Mark this, and, and, you know, so the listeners know what's going on a little bit. They they had to switch medications for my uh, problem that I'm having. And I was sitting there reading through the uh, side effects of the medication. You know, some of this stuff has pretty weird side effects that you'll see mm. that you can get from things. And uh, one of my side effects was uh, 
may cause psychotic episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm reading this, and I'm going, hmm. And I said something to one of my friends, and they said, well, but how the hell will we know the difference if it causes a psychotic episode? <laughs> Said, oh, so nice. But uh, I, whatever this crap is, uh, it's, I mean, this stuff is potent because it's one big-ass honking pill and I only take it once a day. You so, know, I, I can't stand those big horse pills. It's like, what they think we are, you know? Horses, the, the size of them, they're just absolutely massive. It's it's like how... I, I really, you know, admittedly, I didn't study enough in chemistry. But it's like... Can't you put all the good stuff in something small and compact it? Why does it have to be so ghastly and so big? I just don't know. But it reminds me of this... Uh, I think I've, I've mentioned it on the show before. Ray Romano did a stand-up in Carnegie Hall, uh, which I'm pretty sure is in New York. Um, and he, he did a stand-up routine. Really funny. I've got the album. And... You know, he's talking about this packet of chips that he got, and on the back it, it says, you know, may cause anal leakage. <laughs> you know, it goes on to basically say that better be one hell of a good packet of chips, you know, <laughs> to cause really? anal leakage. And uh, just, you know, very funny. And as, as soon as you said side effects, every time I hear side effects, it's like I think of that. It's just a funny joke. And, uh, yeah, it's probably a bit hard to get that album now. I think it's out of print, but it's really good if you can track it down. The uh, That one's good. And Jerry Seinfeld's uh, couple of stand-up albums are pretty good as well. They're, they're not as funny, but then I'm not a massive Seinfeld fan. You know, I can take well, him or leave him. You know what I mean? Seinfeld's one of those shows, I think we may have mentioned this on here before, or you have and I have both agreed. There are shows that are on television that when they were on, you know, I kind of passively watched them, but now there's it's Seinfeld. I'm trying to think. There's a couple other shows, and I can't remember that I appreciate much more now after they've been off the air for a while. And mm-hmm. then there's other shows that I dearly loved when they were on the air. Um, and I won't date myself. Well, I'll, let's see. Let's see if any of the listeners remember. Here's a little test for the listeners. Give us, send us some feedback. See if you remember, and don't Google it. Why the hell am I saying that? Because you know everybody's going to freaking Google it. <laughs> but and it, there was a show that I dearly loved back in the uh, 70s called Emergency. And I it was remember about, hearing about that show. I have uh, never seen uh, it, but I remember the name. Yeah, it's about two Los Angeles paramedics back in the day. I dearly loved that show. One of the retro TV stations on, and the, this is another conversation Dorothy and I were talking about a while back too, so another shout out to Dorothy. Um, the um, uh, retro channels and where you can gain safe haven from all the crap that's on TV now. Uh, I was watching Emergency and it's like, I love this show, I love this show. It's like, mm, well, this isn't quite as good. It's not, it's not that it's dated, it's just the stories are not as strong as I remembered them being back in the day. You know, yeah. it wasn't, even though I don't remember a lot of the episodes. It wasn't like I was on the edge of my seat the way the show used to get me, you know, you know is it going to help? It's going to help. What's going to happen? Oh, it's going to blow up. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, you know, that type of thing. It just, you, it, it didn't. I, I suppose you've got to wonder, is it that water cooler conversation type show or not? You know what I mean? So, that, you know, when when you're standing around the proverbial water cooler, uh, 
you know, discussing what happened on last night's episode, is that where the excitement is sharing that with people? And then, of course, as, as it ages and then you don't have that same sharing thing, you sort of watch it back and go, ah, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, I, I love old TV shows, I love old movies, so they actually intrigue me more than anything else because, you know, I'm watching them fresh and clean for the very first time. Um, you know, if you look at something like the original series of Star Trek, you know, I've started watching that again. You know, I've watched it when it's been on TV, but I've never actually owned the whole three seasons. And there are episodes that I haven't seen, especially from the, you know, first season. Uh, so I've been sort of, you know, experiencing this from, from scratch, and it's really, really enjoyable. I've been having a great time, great experience with it. Uh, even things like Lost in Space as well, I can do that. I've done that previously with Lost in Space uh, and Twilight Zone. They're just, you know, when when you didn't see them and then you see them for the first time, if there's magic there, there's still going to be magic. But yeah, if, if, if there was something else, um, you know, I can't think of a show that I haven't... Well, actually, no, I can think of one from my, my childhood and teenage years that I used to love was the Jetsons. It was always the very futuristic <coughs> view Love the Jetsons. Jetsons. You know what the problem is? I got the Jetsons for my kids, and I really don't enjoy it. I'm just, I don't think the, the the magic, is no longer there for me. And I think it's because really the Jetsons ended up being more about the family uh, unit rather than the technology. But when I was a kid, I was looking at it more from the technology side of things. You know, the, the robot, uh, what was her name? Um, Rosie, Rosie Ro- the Rose, Robot. Rosie, that's right. And then, you know, the flying cars, which then we, we saw, you know, also in Back to the Future. Um, actually, no, Back to the Future is one movie that I've lost a lot of love for over the years. I just, I don't know what it is, Kevin, but I, I just don't like the Back to the Future series anymore. And I've seen them probably hundreds of times. Yes, I know I'm losing geek cred now. Um, and shame, shame, shame on me. The listeners are probably, you know, hanging up their, their you know, unsubscribe. Um, look, I don't, I don't know what it is. I just... I'm not digging it like I used to. I don't know whether it's because we are in the future now. Um, and... That stuff isn't real, you know, when we're not there. I don't know, like, you know, Back to the Future 1, that's when he goes back in time to the 1950s. Very cool. Uh, then Back to the Future 2 is, of course, when he goes through into the future, what, you know, is a perceived vision of our future. And, uh, you know, they had, like, Jaws, you know, 25 or something, whatever it, it yeah, was. Yeah. Remember the, the, the 3D. 3D shark come out and it's like, yeah, we still haven't got that. Spielberg, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a take on Spielberg, of course, because he was one of the executive producers, of, in fact, of both, and I think he was the director of Jaws, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Of course, Jaws 2 and 3 sucked, and three, oh, 3 was just shocking. Jaws 2, though, was pretty good. I did like that one, but Jaws 3 was shocking. Um and, and then, of course, Back to the Future 3 was always my favourite one because they went to the Wild West. I mean, anything Wild West I love. It, it, it's it's actually really interesting. I'm, I'm starting to watch... Um, God, now I've got to go to iTunes to look it up. Uh, it's not Waking Dead. It's not Breaking Bad. It's 
So uh, it's another one where they they're building the rail railroad uh, through the U.S. Um, it's yeah, oh 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 oh. It, it's not that old either. It hadn't been out that long. Hell on Wheels. Uh, yes, that, that's what it is. I am digging Hell on Wheels, and you know what? It, it reminds me of Deadwood, which I've mentioned on the show before. I absolutely love as a series, and this is like Deadwood, but just slightly different for me. It's like. That that era in American history, I just really dig. Every time I see it, it's like, wow, that's fascinating to me. Other aspects of American history, I don't really care for that much. You know what I mean? But as, as an outsider looking in uh, to your society, I look at that and I go, that was a cool period in time. That was really awesome. You know what I mean? And I just enjoy it. And admittedly, there's a lot of uh, you know, creative influence there when they're making TV shows and movies. So the the sense of realism does get taken away. It's not necessarily as uh, fantastical as it, it's made out to be. Uh, but, you know, it, it's still got that underlying tone that, you know, it would be cool if you could go in a time machine and visit a period in time. That's the period in time that you'd love to see, or I personally would anyway. It's just fascinating for me. I'm trying to picture you astride a horse <laughs> with a with a with a couple of six shooters on your hip, uh, you know, and and the hat on your head, and and then comes time for nature to make its call, and then you having to go find a bush. <laughs> I'm somehow I'm not I'm not <laughs> you're, quite you're seeing not, that you're one. Not, you're not you're not seeing the. Uh... But, but see, I think that what, that's that's what makes television, movies, um, all this stuff so exciting because you can live vicariously through what you're seeing. It's what, another reason why I love documentaries. Um, you yeah. know, there's so many places on on the, the earth that I'd love to go and visit one day. You know, there's all, always uh, you know finances are always an issue, so you know you got to do things at, at certain times, and you've got to have the realization that maybe one day you won't achieve those dreams. I hope I do, but if I don't, I'm still living it through these documentaries and through this method, and um, I like doing that. You know, it's like I'm the armchair traveler. You know, I yeah, I'll quite happily. You know, I I love even playing a computer game. And literally going to hell because that's, you know, Dante's Inferno on the PlayStation 3. Brilliant, beautifully graphic game. And for the time I was playing it, I was in hell. I was going through, you know, the seven stages and so forth. And, um, you know, then you can have a racing game and all of a sudden you're the professional racing car driver. You know what? You go, woohoo, I won, you know. And, you know, you, you live through this stuff. And I think that's what makes... All our geek toys just so exciting is that it takes us out of reality, which is boring. You think about it. You wake up, and if you don't see a spider in the morning, which is a good thing, <laughs> you get up, you have your breakfast, you kiss the wife goodbye, and you go to work, or, the, or in my case, the wife goes to work and I stay home and work. Um, but you, you do your thing, then you have your lunch, and then you come home, you have your dinner, and then you have your evening, you go back to sleep, and it's the same boring rotation day after day after day. Nothing interesting about it. It's just repetitive, boring crap. <laughs> Let's be honest. It doesn't matter who you are. Your day is going to be dull and boring because you're doing the same stuff over and over and over and over and over again. You know, maybe if you were a rock star or something, yeah, you'd have something different, you know, if you travelled a lot for work. But, you know, 
you've just got that sort of nine to five regime. So being able to sort of take yourself away from that, come home and then live somewhere else and experience something else. That's really where the, the hardcore geek in me is. It's like, cool, I can actually go and do that. You know, it's, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I agree with you. I think that vicarious thing is what draws us to gaming. I told you I got, I inherited a 3DS XL from my wife because I gave her a, or no, I got the DS XL because I gave her a 3DS XL. Mm-hmm. God, please, Nintendo, don't <laughs> add any more damn letters. Uh, you know, they've got too uh, a few, haven't they? It's, uh, yeah. it's good legacy. Yeah, so I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm living vicariously because I really don't ever expect to have to battle the Russian army anywhere in or around my home or in any of the towns that are in... Um, uh, because I'm playing uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So, yeah, I'm not really expecting that. So there's that vicarious thing. Um, but if you really want to add some excitement to your life, I would suggest you come spend a couple weeks with me on my morning commute here in the northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area. You talk about excitement. Boy, you can <laughs> really feel it then when you're about to die because some idiot... <laughs> runs a traffic light or something like that. Now, now, now so, see, Kevin, I, I'm the type of person that believes in the Sheldonism of I do not want to die in a, a fiery vehicular crash. It's like, no. You know, you know how he how he has in that episode famously, he's got the, the screen and the, the telepresence? That would be me. If I could do that, I would do that. That is absolutely superb. Um, yeah. So, we, we you know, may need- we may need to have to do this one morning because, let's see, if it's 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. my time, what is it, like 9 or 10 p.m. your time, am I yep, right? that's about right. Actually, we could well, so do that, couldn't we? And you, and, yeah, that, you know, and then you could turn I'll, me periodically and say, look, look out here, you know? <laughs> no, no, I, I, what I'll have to do is I'll have to strap my iPhone or, or something like that to the seat of the, the headrest of the seat beside me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so much fun! And and we can uh, we can do a Skype video call or something like that. I'll, you know you what? Know. We could actually record the show live while this is happening, and then you could hear me cursing at people and flipping them the bird and and all this kind of stuff. That'd be great. I wonder what people would be like if you turned the iPhone and and they saw that I was flipping them the bird. That could be in- interesting, especially in your neck of the woods where every second person carries a gun. <laughs> Actually, around here, that's kind of second nature, so I don't think a bird, a flip in the bird would be much different. <laughs> um, blow, blowing the horn, flipping the bird, and sticking you know what? your I, butt up to the window. That, I was going to suggest that, that I could get up, turn around, and moon them. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and all uh... I'll say to that is, no! <laughs> and Kevin's batteries still haven't run out, or if they have, he's, he's replaced them with the batteries in that little baggie. Oh my god! Um, hey, Kevin, while we're on the topic of games and sort of living vicariously through games, you know, I've, I've been thinking about games recently. I've been playing a few recently. Um, what what do I mean recently? I sort of play games all the time. Um, I was say, wait, what the hell's the difference here? <laughs> there's no difference. It's just me being nuts, okay. which is uh, you know quite normal for me. Um, you know, Again, I've how seen. We tell. Well, you can't really tell that well, can you? 
Um, you know, I was looking yesterday, I was in uh, the Apple store, and they have this uh, Duo Gamer controller for the iPad, but it, it's only for controlling games from Gameloft, and I love Gameloft games, they're one of the best you know, mobile gaming platform, um, you know, developers around, uh, but, you know, it was just $50, and it only does their games, and I thought, oh, no, I wouldn't bother, and then I got to thinking, why can't we use a keyboard and mouse, Bluetooth link it, and use that for FPS gaming. You know, I'm still a big believer of, of first-person shooters. Keyboard and mouse is, is the best way to do it. And that way we wouldn't have to worry about the on-screen controls. And uh, I'm sort of wondering whether that's a limitation that, you know, Apple has uh, put in place that you can't do that. Or whether it's just something that the developers haven't thought of doing. Um... And I wonder if it's on Android. I, I haven't had enough time to do research to find out. But it's one of those cool things that you go, hey, you know, keyboard and mouse, an iPad, portable gaming rig. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the idea. I think, okay, this is just thinking off the top of my head or talking out the bottom of my butt, you know, or ass, whatever way you want to say it. Um, I think probably the mouse thing, I couldn't see them ever really doing that because they... The first time they let you hook a mouse up there, going against their whole premise of the uh, iPad. Yeah, you know what? That's one thing I do admire Android for is having that capability, though. Because uh, there are yeah, sometimes well. when, you know, selecting text and that uh, on the iPad, um, and it doesn't matter which size, the mini or the full size I've had problems with, when you want to put that cursor in a particular point, you just you can't do it. It's just agonizingly difficult sometimes and, and then it takes more time to fix one little typo. Yeah, I know we've got fat fingers, but, you know. Yeah, so I was going to say, little sausage fingers that you and I both have in common. <laughs> you know, we, we, we might have to use a little pinky. <laughs> but anyway, um, but I think the other thing too is the gaming experience that you get on the iPad and recently I've been playing because uh, and my daughter, as I said before, I gave we gave her an iPad Mini for Christmas. I still can't get much time with the damn thing. But <laughs> um, the the gaming experience on there, I think they want to keep a. I hope I can say this the right way to make it uh, make sense. They want to keep a consistent experience, and I think if they opted in for the keyboard and knowing how many people have. Uh, opted to stay away from a keyboard when it comes to an iPad that it, the, the they don't want to open that up uh, a developer is what I'm thinking I'm, I'm betting mm. Apple hasn't <clears throat> apparently I'm going to puberty again um, I'm betting I, that Apple hasn't completely blocked it but I you know I, I don't see it being a consistent experience that would make a game stand out I think there's mm. only a certain portion of the gaming community and i could be wrong i mean you're obviously one of those people that would love to use a keyboard for an fps but i i I think there's something and i can't articulate it correctly there's something about that experience of using a keyboard with the ipad that i think draws that line i'm not saying maybe somebody hasn't thought of it because that's why the big things that i've seen as far as controllers like a couple years ago at uh Macworld iWorld, they introduced those little thumbsticks that you could stick on the uh, the screen of your yeah, iPad yeah. to use for gaming to make it more like a gaming controller. That kind of stuff is one thing, but I, 
I just think it's too much of a, I don't know. When when you get to that point, you get more into something like the iCade. You've seen those. Yes. So it's it's a, I think it's so much of a, a niche product. I don't know. I'm, I'm babbling on here. I can think it in my head and I can't articulate it. Big surprise. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I see your point of view. And I, I can't deny that that's definitely a way that Apple would want it to go. They have wanted it to be completely touchscreen. Uh, what I find just hilarious in in the general sort of accessory kind of thing is how many manufacturers manufacturers are out there making keyboard docks and then keyboard cases. And then, oh, look, let's put a keyboard on it and it's a MacBook Air. And, and I just look at stuff like that and I go... Okay, people must want a keyboard. Otherwise, why are they making so many keyboards? Why are there so many manufacturers making keyboards? Um, you know, Apple doesn't anymore. They did with the very first one. Uh, and then they did make a, a keyboard dock afterwards. You've just got to use the, the Bluetooth keyboard. But if it wasn't sort of popular, I, I doubt that the keyboard manufacturers would be making them so much. So and and hence that's my my sort of thought of well if everyone's got a keyboard anyway because they're selling so many then when they go to play games if they want to use the keyboard for gaming input sometimes it would be better than on screen I mean look to be quite honest Game Loft is hitting the ball out of the park uh, Modern Combat Four was just brilliant on screen controls but some of their other games are so so you know Nova Three was problematic. You you really when you playing an FPS on with with on screen controls and I've played a lot of them your biggest issue and it's sort of similar even when you do have a controller but your biggest issue is moving the camera around the virtual world because you know you've sort of got to shoot aim and then move as well um, so it gets very tricky and even though muscle memory kicks in for the first hour or so you're just trying to remember where that button is. You know, Gameloft has got the ability in their titles to, to move the, the virtual buttons where you want on the screen, which is cool. Um, but you've just got to get used to it. You don't have that tactile uh, functionality. So, eh, just something crazy, uh, you know, from from my brain as, as to, you know, when, when the Bluetooth keyboard is already linked, why doesn't Gameloft or someone who makes games using that input as... A possible, not the only, of course, but a, a possible input method to actually play games with. I, I think that it's a missed opportunity somewhere. And um, you know, I can't completely disagree with that because recently I just happened to have been playing um, more games on my um, uh, my Mac. I've been playing a few more games. Everybody got games for Christmas and all this sort of thing, so we're all playing games and. Uh, I fall back to one of my favorites. Uh, it's not that old, but it is starting to get some age to it. Angry Birds. Who doesn't love to play Angry Birds? And, you know, there's 500 iterations and bad piggies and, you know, whatever you want to play. But, and I'm a big fan, and you know this, of the tra- of the uh, trackpad for my Mac. I love the trackpad. That thing absolutely freaking sucks to try to play Angry Birds on. <laughs> I don't know why I have, it just doesn't work. So then the first thing I do is I go grab my mouse, and then I'm good to go. So I understand your point, you know, and, and there I haven't played any FPSs on my Mac. No, I haven't played any FPSs, and maybe I'll have to get one just to see. 
because it's been so long since I played an FPS other than me playing Call of Duty on the the 3D on the DS, um, and I'm just afraid I'll get so sucked in that you know I may forget to go to work or something like that. I'm you know I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> and you sign that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> well, it is if my family wants to continue to eat and have a roof over their head. So true, you know true. they you know they, they've grown you know damn it they've grown accustomed to not going to school naked and you know eating <laughs> and they don't like to live outside in the cold you know so I don't know what's wrong with these people. Um, but um, yeah, it's. There, there is some advantage. I, I see both sides of it, and I, I just get the feeling that there's some kind of break there, and maybe it is Apple limiting it some way in the API. I don't know. Um, you know, if you'd write a game real quick, we could find out and see what it is. If you don't yeah, mind yeah, doing that between <laughs> between now and next week, you know what, Kevin? Yeah, I, I would be. Uh... If I was smarter, I'd probably be rolling in money because I would develop games, but uh, I'm not that smart. So uh, I've got to give credit to to the app developers. And, you know, look, I'm not saying that I couldn't learn the skills. You know, I've got very basic programming skills. And when I say very basic, I mean, hello, basic. Um, But (laughs) Hello, world. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's one of those things that it's just out of my capacity to do it. I just don't have that mental staying power to get that done um so i've got to tip my hat at everyone who does develop games or even try to develop it um because it's just really quite impressive there's a pill that helps you with that it's called viagra coda allows you to code more (laughs) (laughs) oh i like that uh you know it's it's funny you talk about coding i think i've mentioned before i'm an old cobol programmer that's where i first Mm -hmm. got into the not first, but that's where I spent a lot of time. And uh, the other day, I was looking for something. And I called up one of my old COBOL programs, and I was just—it was a an estimating program that I had to write it in real hurry to do something for work. And I called it up, and I was just sitting there the other day, just scrolling up and down through my code, marveling at it and all that. And uh, somebody walked by that didn't know it and went, "What is all that garbage that you have on the screen?" I said, "That's not garbage. That's beauty." That's beauty and code. You just don't understand it. So, yeah, no, I, I, you make you make me my heart flitter flutter for a little coding again. So, I should actually start doing it more. I have an Apple developer's license. I ought to get back and write more code again. You know, it's, I just it's also one time. of those very time-consuming things as well. Even if you do know uh, the code and so forth, and and you know, we had the man who shall remain nameless sort of put the the word out saying, hey, come on, it's all there under the hood in the Mac, you know, start using all this kind of stuff. And it's like, but, it, you know, for people who haven't used it or haven't used it extensively, uh, it's a big learning curve. And for people who do know it and know it reasonably well, it's still, you know, a very time-consuming task uh, to get it right and have something well-polished. Yeah, I, it, it's an iterative process. It's a, it's a mindset and a brain process that you have to... You have to have some natural ability or or you have to be uh, inclined to to do those sorts of things. Mm. And um, I think there was – I read an article recently uh, there about all the free classes that are online, you know, that you can take. And there was one the other day I thought about taking just – it was uh, just to see what it was like because it goes across more of the modern and and covers all the modern programming languages to to help people kind of get a grasp of how to write code and how to write it efficiently and all that because even if you learn to code 
most programmers still develop their own unique style of coding. Mm -hmm. Because even though I worked in a small coding shop where there was only two or three of us, I could look at the code and tell which one of the three of us wrote it. Mm -hmm. If I didn't know just by that, I could tell who wrote it because we all had a, there was a very distinct style that we developed. Um, and maybe that's old timey. I don't know. Um, maybe it's just an old fart talking. I, you know, whatever it be, but well, there is a very, very distinct style in the way you did, even within the structure that is defined in the way you have to do it. There was a, very distinct style that we all three of us used. Mm. So it was, and usually within the first twenty lines of the program, I could figure out who wrote it if I couldn't, if I didn't know. Yeah, well, it, it sort of. It, I've seen that a lot of times. Uh, you know, back when I was doing web development and and uh, just looking at HTML code, and you know, if someone didn't actually label, you know, who actually wrote it, um, you know, you could actually tell whether. You not I couldn't tell who wrote it, but I could tell whether it was well written or whether it was poorly written, poorly compiled. Uh, you know whether, and you can see, you know, and web pages is a good way. You just go look at uh, the view source, and you can see uh, the code that's put together. And you know, it's interesting for just the individual person even today because you go to a crappy website, and you can say, oh, you know, that's been made in I don't know Microsoft Publisher or or whatever. Um, even Word, I think, has a HTML export. Um, you know, you, you sort of go in there and you just look at the garbage that that those applications, and I'm bagging out on Microsoft, you know, Apple's iWeb was bad, uh, and they just have, you know, a good three pages of code before they actually get to the stuff that you actually need. And it's just, it's rubbish, and therefore you've got longer loading times. And that was, of course, an issue back in the days when the internet was slow. Now it's faster, so... It's not so much of an issue, uh, but bad code still bad code. But, you know, you can see it, it's night and day. And uh, you look at a really good quality professional website, uh, and when it's done well, it, it does look like beauty. It does, I may not be able to understand it all, you know what I mean? But it, it, it looks absolutely beautiful. It's, um, it, it's good to actually see a good piece of well-written code in any language, really. Yes, it is. It, I, I can always appreciate that. I uh, I truly do love to read good good code as long as I understand what the hell I'm reading. Because <laughs> I don't know all languages, but I know enough to be dangerous in some other ones. So yes, that's but, true. Uh, <laughs> I, I know enough to to be dangerous, but um, yeah, anything but, more than that, and it's like yeah, no, I'm I'm not that well versed in it. Well, you were talking about the uh, the the controlling of FPSs and stuff from what you saw in in uh, the Apple was it the Apple Store you said you were in? Yeah, it was. Um, I forget what they call it now. It was a, a Duo something Duo controller. It was like a PlayStation controller kind of thing. Cheap looking though, and, and not really ergonomic. Um, but I've seen some reviews online. People say it's excellent. And I was like, yeah, but it just needs more variety. You know, they need to have more supported games. I think that's also going to lack the the gamers who want the tactile sort of feedback as well, is games need to support the controller. And I, I understand that. Um, to an extent, you know, even on, on the PC, on, on the Mac side of things, your controller generally has to be supported within the game. You can run with generic settings, and sometimes that works. But, you know, predominantly they've got to, you know, be talking to each other somewhat. Um, but I, I just wish that 
there was just there's one controller like a PlayStation 3 controller not a PlayStation 3 controller but something like it there was the Apple controller and then all the gaming developers could develop for that controller I mean there's enough accessories out there you know, why, yeah, there really why, is. Why not give us a controller? And um, you know, I know Apple wants us to touch the screen and, and wants us to to move with it. But sometimes I just want to set it down and just sit back and you know, sort of play that way. If I look at the Nintendo Wii, absolutely love it. But sometimes I don't feel like waggling my my uh, little ass off. You know. <laughs> oh dear God! I got an, the mental images you have been giving me today are just not doing doing well but, but, but see, I, Kevin, I'm gonna move. i've got to make up for missing out on last week you see so you're getting a double dose of mark today yeah well i'll take i'll cut my medicine in half and die anyway the <laughs> <laughs> but you know the the game controller thing's interesting because i'm still i i mentioned a few weeks ago that i got the family of wii u and i'm still having uh to adjust to the fact that in uh, some of the games the way you change your perspective is moving that controller around and doing this sort of thing to look up and look down. And um, maybe I guess I, I don't know. I'm, it, it's still a little strange and, and I'll get yeah, on there and I'll get, what were we playing? My son and I were playing something the other day and I was trying to figure out how to reload when I was running out of arrows. Cause I was shooting a bow. I forget what game he and I were playing and the way I had to reload. And I guess it wasn't, and I did it a couple times and didn't realize I did it was to rock the controller all the way down. And he did that, that it filled the quiver with arrows again. Then I could mm-hmm. start pulling arrows and shooting again. And I'm going, what the hell, how am I doing that? And I'm going, I'm sitting there going, ding, ding, ding. And these characters, these creatures are killing me. And I'm going, and my son's yelling, kill him, dad, kill him. I'm going, I, I got no more arrows. <laughs> and then I, fi- then I finally figured out, oh, when I tilt the controller down, it refills the quiver. So good. Now I know how to play this game. You know, what? I did something similar last night. We had uh, family come across, and they brought some of the Wii games, and they brought the, the Wii Zapper that, you know, basically looks like a, a plastic rifle kind of thing. And uh, I've, I've never really tried one. I always thought, oh, yeah, I, I should try it. And so anyway, I was playing uh, Call of Duty um, Modern Warfare 3. And um, <clears throat> normally when I play an FPS... <clears throat> pardon me. Normally when I play an FPS on the Wii, I've got the nunchuck in one hand just off to the side. I don't even worry about it. I just, you know, control my character that way, reload that way if I need to. And then I've just got the, just the Wii remote out in front pointing at the screen to where I've got to fire. Well, this thing's really different because you sort of hold it there in the stance. And then instead of moving your character around the virtual world with the, the analog stick, you've got to move it around with the whole gun. Okay, so you, you sort of, if you go sideways or, or left to right, you just step in left to right. But to actually turn, you've got to turn the gun. And it was just so unnerving for me to do that. It was it was just, this is not normal. This is not how I've been playing these games for years. Um, and it, it's hard. So it sounds like the, the uh, Wii U, you know, is basically the same. And, I, you know, I think that's one of the good things about Nintendo they make you do things differently, and sometimes it's better, sometimes it's more unique. Um, you know, one one good example is a racing game. Who can argue that, you know, being able to just put the, the uh, Wii remote inside the steering wheel like in Mario Kart isn't the perfect racing setup? I mean, okay, 
hardcore gamers who want the racing seat and, and the proper steering wheel and pedals and gearbox and everything, they're not going to want that. But for someone like me who isn't allowed to spend $1,500 to get all of that, then <laughs> you know what? It's absolutely super, superb. I, I get to play it and enjoy it and it's great fun. Um, and believe me, I did try to get one of those racing setups. Uh, but yeah, mm. Griddle just... I don't know what it is with women, Kevin. They just... They don't have the passion as much as we do when it comes to this stuff. And I, I shouldn't say women in general because uh, I know a lot of gaming chicks out there would be wanting to kill me right now. Um, yeah, there's some that are more extreme than I am. But the women in our lives, <laughs> very much, uh, you know, I, I just, I want to enjoy it, but do we have to go and pay that $50 or that $100 for this to do that and, you know... Yeah, I, but I'll have to say one thing. The uh, Mario Kart, which I absolutely love that game, I didn't like the steering wheel. Bit small? I, it was a bit small, and the fact that when I was thinking about turning and I'd go like this. You oh, know, you'd it, move the whole controller versus yeah. really the turn, and then you wouldn't get the turn right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was the fact that, I mean, even if all it had been, it wouldn't have to have been doing anything. But I, I, I really considered buying like a piece of a PVC pipe and stuff and just mounting the steering wheel to it so that it couldn't move around. And so I was actually steering it. I mean, because in my car, my steering wheel pretty much stays in one place. <laughs> I don't I, I don't slide it back and forth across the dash or, <laughs> you know, or anything like that. Yeah, that would be so know. much more fun. I mean, you're not living life yet, Kevin. You, you know, you got to... Well, actually, you know what? It wouldn't be funny, but it would be funny if the steering wheel actually broke off one day as you drove down the interstate and you're like, oh, jeez. I'm sorry. I I hope I haven't jinxed you with that one, but it's just, I can imagine seeing it. You know what I mean? If I die in a fiery car crash, (laughs) they investigate the accident and find out there was a faulty mechanism in the steering column that they think may have been tampered with, I'm sending him after your ass off in <laughs> Australia. He did it for his entertainment because, you know. I, he, and I, and I just, but I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> and, if you, and if I end up getting a GoPro camera from you to mount on my dash just so that you can see me and I'm watch go, I'm me. I'm going with in, you. <laughs> in my final moments before the fiery end. <laughs> Oh, uh, boy. We're, we're just having so much fun. Oh, yeah, I, a- <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Hey, Kevin, um, game prices. Big issue. Yes. 99 cent games versus $50 games. You know, I was playing a bit of Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS um, today before we... we was scheduled to do the show. I had half an hour um, when I should have probably been putting the vacuum cleaner over the house, but I got lazy and decided to play a game. Um, and, you know, I was playing online against other people around the world because I hate playing Mario Kart with just the computer. There's no challenge. I blitz through it, whereas I get my ass handed to me frequently when I play online against other people around the world, uh, especially those who have three stars there you know, top tier, they've, you know, won everything, and and it's like, wow, okay, they can really play that game well. Um, 
but it's so solid. And, and that's every time I pick up the 3DS, and I don't pick it up enough. I pick up more the iPad and the iPhone. I play these crappy games, and it's like, oh, yeah, I've got to do that because I've got to do a review on it. Uh-huh, ho-hum, oh, yeah, there's a review. Um, and then I go back to something like the 3DS, and I go, oh, you know, the, the games are expensive. You know, get the good quality games. They're $50 a piece. And listen, this, is, this isn't saying that old Nintendo games are all, you know, games on actual consoles that are actually good quality. There's some real porkers out there. But if you look at first-party titles by um, Nintendo, first-party by Microsoft and Sony, they hit the ball out of the park. They're, they're designed to work perfectly on those systems. And it's just a much more polished experience. And you start thinking, well, you know what? $50 is worthwhile. You still gawk at paying the $50. You still go, oh, why do I have to? You know, iOS is so much cheaper. I can get a game on iOS for 99 cents. Why would I go and spend 50? And I, th- I think we're actually seeing a shift in, in computer gaming as well, where the consumer, you know, the, the mums and dads who are buying stuff for the kids, aren't going to buy the console quality games anymore because they go, well, hey, why? We can spend 99 cents instead of spending $50 or more. And certainly in Australia, you know, our prices are exuberant with it. It's just out of control. Uh, it has got a bit better, but a new release title is still coming in at $80. Um, you know, and, and even as a parent myself, I sort of look at it and think, well, if the kids want something, I mean, I know my kids, they'll look at Wii games every time we go to the shops, and then they'll be saying, oh, can we get it? And I look at the price and I go, $40? No, no, a bit too expensive. And, you know, look, we'll see what we can find on the App Store. And I think what I've got a bit of a fear of, are we actually supporting crap quality games and will we actually lose the high quality games maybe 10 years from now? Will the developers just, unless they're, you know, Call of Duty size, Will they just not be able to produce high quality games anymore because people won't buy them? Uh, you know, the, I was reading an article today where the Wii U started off extremely well with sales, and this is only in Japan. This, um, you know, the sales figures came from, but now it started to taper off to the extent where it's they're calling it the GameCube again. You know, and the GameCube, of course, was, uh, you know technically better in some aspects than, say, the PlayStation 2 and so forth. But it just didn't have the marketing behind it. It didn't have the games behind it, and and Sony won that war. And, of course, then Xbox came in and made it a three-way war and pushed Nintendo out until the Wii came out. Um, But the sales are just there. And, you know, a lot of people like me have the Wii and are going, Wii U, yeah, you know what, I'm not too sure. Whereas before, when the Wii came out, I was happy to get rid of two PlayStation 2s to you know, trade in for the Wii. So even I'm getting jaded by this. So even I'm sort of thinking, do I want to go out there and spend forty, fifty, sixty dollars on a game anymore, or do I want to go bargain basement bin and, you know, just live out the Wii for a bit longer? It, it's an interesting conundrum and I I thought it'd be a good topic given that you've just got the family of Wii U at the moment, uh, you know, just this Christmas and so what your take is on it, you know, obviously your daughter's got the, the iPad, which, you know, you can go and get cheap games, definitely under $10. Uh, most of the time in the $1.99 range. And then, of course, you can go to the Wii, the Wii U, I should say, 
where you know you're paying forty, fifty dollars a game. I suppose really the underlying thing is is the quality worth paying that extra money for it? And then if we don't support these high end game producers and game developers, will they just go away and will we be left with crap on the the portable iOS gaming systems? Yeah, I I see where you're going with that, and I don't think that's the truth because I think we've seen this through every version of console games going all the way back to the original Atari, you know, cartridge gaming systems that we had. You had the Atari, you had the Intellivision, you had, um, oh God, I know I'm forgetting some of them, uh, but anyway, you had various cartridge gaming systems, and I think you're always going to have crap games. Um, the success of the platform is going to be based on the titles that come out for it. So once you get titles that are blockbusters and that maybe only start or have some special feature for a game console, and, and you don't see that much anymore. They, they try to come out across the board. I mean, they come out on the, the 360, they come out on the PS3, they come, you know, they come out all the way across the board. So, I mean, that's that's what will define it. The Wii U games are expensive. The ones that are designed for the Wii U, they're $60 here in the United States, I think, mm-hmm. for the Wii U-specific titles. And there's only a couple of them that I've... There's not, but... Some listeners probably going to tell me I'm full of shit. I think there's probably, like, maybe 20 or 25 Wii U-specific ones. Mm-hmm. I know Mario Land just came out. Um, cause I was just reading the review of that before we started recording. So it, I don't know. I mean, the Wii U is great. I, I think the fact that unlike the GameCube and maybe I'm wrong, the Wii U being backwardly compatible with the Wii with a lot of the hardware and the games, even if the sales aren't where they should have been as things start to pick up momentum, I think it will become the console of choice because the developers will want that extra, a little bit extra horsepower that's in there. There's a little bit of extra storage that's in it, you know, in the, in the Wii U and stuff like that. So by saying the Wii U is going to be a blockbuster, no, I don't think so. Console gaming is a, something that you have to want to do uh, because I'm more, I've gravitated away more from PC gaming uh, and I don't mean Mac or PC itself, I just mean away from PC gaming, and I prefer to do more on the console because I want to change the experience, change the setting in which I'm gaming, so to speak. Um, it's only about five or ten feet, but it's still a change. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a family thing, too, whereas sitting yeah. in front of the computer is more solitary experience. And, you know, I, I understand your opinion there as well, but could you actually say that there are blockbuster game titles on iOS? or Android, um, there's certainly good games, but they're watered-down versions. Uh, you know, Need for Speed Most Wanted is one that I've been playing recently. Beautiful game. Does it compare to the um, the console counterpart? Yes. Is it anywhere near it? No. So, it, it still comes back to... Look, I, I know that the the the, uh, the tablets and that are moving fast. The technology's catching up and will eventually overtake. But 
you know, there's, there's so much more than a gaming console. It, it Could the console be dead in 10 years' time? I guess is maybe a better, uh, better sort of thing to discuss because that are, I, that are I, people going to actually buy the the console when it does one thing? I mean, uh, okay, a uh, good example, and, and you went through it with the buying process. Do you buy a PlayStation 3 so that you've got a Blu-ray and multimedia setup? Or do you buy the Wii U that's a dedicated gaming platform? you sort of got to throw that out there and think about it and think about oh, which oh, way yeah. you prefer going. Um, yeah, no, that, that was definitely something that, that weighed heavy on my mind. I think the um, I, console gaming could disappear at some point. I don't know what it is because I think as the manufacturers of televisions strive to differentiate themselves and get people to buy more televisions. And this is a conversation we've had on the show before. The fact that literally I only own one HD TV. It's a 19-inch one that I bought for my daughter to use in her room because she was the only one she, when she was having some health issues. Uh, she was the only one that didn't have a television in her room and she was kind of stuck in her room for a month or so there. So I bought one, and that's the only TV I have that's that way. I still use their big, they weigh a lot, CRT TVs. Mm. I mean, and I think the the, the the television manufacturers are looking for a way to differentiate their sets. 3D sucked. It's a stupid-ass uh, idea. That, that's dead now. I mean, look, look at CES this year. All they had was 4K, and it's like, okay, where's the 3D? No. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it was stupid. So they're going to look for a way, and you're starting to see smart, and I'm using air quotes, listeners, smart TVs come out, and they're having that, um, they're adding more and more features. I mean, hell, the Wii U that I bought's got, you know, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and uh, I forget what other services built in built into it where you used to have to get a disc, like on your Wii, and, mm-hmm. and I have a Wii like yours, because um, I can see it over your shoulder, the uh, <laughs> you know I had would have had to get a disc to use it with Netflix. Yeah, it's just built right into the thing now. So as the televisions get smarter, where I'm going with all this is, I think you'll come. They'll come up with some way, whether it's purely software or add-on cards. You know, like uh, I'm thinking back to whether it might be an SD card size or a PCMCIA card. That's the way you'll buy games, and they'll hook right into your television. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of the convergence of all the technology coming together, and I think that's something that if Apple ever does do that, that whole big TV thing and, and revolutionize the lounge room, I think that's what they'll look at doing is having something where it incorporates everything. I, all I hope is that we just don't lose the high-quality games, the first-party games. You know, we've seen Sega famously... Uh, you know, drop out the hardware business. They're still in the software business, but their software sucks now. Uh, there's no use playing Sonic on on anything other than the Sega system. It just it blows chunks. It's absolutely awful. Um, you know, I, I just I don't think it's big enough anymore. The gaming market to have three players in it, have Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. Um, I just don't see that it's going to function that way and function well you know you've got people in dedicated camps admittedly but it's getting less i mean the the casual consumer which nintendo went for 
back in 2007, before we had uh, iPhones and iPads and iPod Touches and so forth, they're the consumer now that is moving to iPod, uh, sorry, iPod Touch, uh, iPad, Android, iPhone, all that kind of stuff. So Nintendo's lost that, that market, so they've got to get the core gamers back, and the core gamers are, are basically, you know, Sony and Microsoft. Um, you know, they, they chose which camp they wanted to be in, and, you know, I, I class myself as a gamer, and the only reason why I still don't have the PlayStation 3 is because it blew up, and I'm still pissed off at, at Sony for wanting to charge me $180 to replace something that was old anyway. And um, and actually, twenty dollars more, and I get a brand new PlayStation. What what sense is that? It's like just dumb. And then, of course, when they had that security breach, um, now two years ago or eighteen months, really, uh, where you know everyone's uh, user account was exposed. It's like, yeah, no, I, I haven't sort of got over that quite yet. I'm still a bit jaded and and bitter by it. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, it's one of those things. It was a, a big scandal. You know, at the time, it was, uh, you know... Big well, it happened sh- twice. I mean, it, it happened did. twice. Yeah. You know, that that's that's one thing, and maybe it's because I'm an old fart, I don't know. I'm not a... If I were to play online game, I think I would end up playing against only people I knew. The people I know that go on and play randomly with somebody somewhere else in the world, wherever it might be, Having my ass handed to me by a complete stranger is even more embarrassing than having my <laughs> ass handed to me by somebody like you that I know. You know, so, I, I've played with complete strangers. The the one thing I won't do with complete strangers is the voice chat because, you know, I, I just deactivate the voice chat in games that support it. Because all you have is you have, you know, 10-year-olds who have, you know, nothing but pathetic parents and foul mouths. Um, so, you know, I, I just can't stand that. That's not my type of game. And, uh, but if you can, you can get some some really good quality games and and you know versus people around the world, I, I've had you know some people kill me for hours on end, and then I've finally beaten them, and it's like woohoo! <laughs> so there there is that kind of joyous you know time when you actually win. I, you know one of the one of my favourite games to play online when I had the PlayStation Three was a game called Blur. And it's still available. It's available on PC and so forth. It's a racing-style game. It's an arcade racer game where you got power-ups. So imagine Mario Kart, but pro-professional cars and, and pro-professional circuits. And adult-driven Mario Kart, basically. And you get power-ups and then you could shoot other people. That thing, you know, in the multiplayer... I, I didn't even get it for the single-player. I got it for the multiplayer, and it had, you know, 50 tiers of levels that you had to work your way through until you got to the top tier. I got to the top tier, you know, finished the multiplayer game side of it. You know, big achievement. You've got to work hard at doing that. You've got to win races, and you've got to destroy other people to get, you know, the points to get there. And I, I spent months... Every night, you know, five hours a night playing that game. It was just, it was brilliant. It, you know, just the memory of that makes me want to go out today after this call and just buy a PlayStation 3 and buy the game again. It was that good. Um, you know, and I, I, I just, you know, flipping it back to my original argument, are we getting crap games or not on iOS and, and tablets and so forth? And, and because they're only 99 cents. Who's going to develop a good game when you only get paid 70 cents? Uh, you know, because obviously Apple takes their 30%. Um, 
And you sort of look at, you know, some of the games I've played on, on the PlayStation 3, uh, Bayonetta, which is actually coming across to the Wii U, uh, but with Bayonetta 2, Kevin, you have to get that game. You will love it, absolutely love it. Uh, one of the best games I've ever played. Um, you know, anything like uh, God of War, you know, on, on the PlayStation side of things, I mean, there is no such thing even remotely near God of War on iOS. You know, and I play these games all the time and I review them all the time and i got to tell you, I'm bored shitless. It's like, okay, it's a good game for iOS, it's a good game for iPad, but in the gaming world, it's just another piece of junk. Well, you know, there's, I think, maybe one of the differences there, and I don't know, this is a theory, is that the gaming on the iOS devices and tablets and phones in general, smartphones, I would say, is more intended towards the casual gamer. I I think that's where it goes, although there's titles that definitely are more than that. But it's more intended towards that casual gamer where I've got five, ten minutes to pop in, play a game, and pop back out, where the console is more about, I got four hours to kill, you know, and maybe the rest of the weekend, and sit there and play the game until I you know, level up or, or whatever it is. So that has some bearing on it. And that, you know, I think, I think what you may see happen is you'll see games that will start out on handheld platforms, maybe. And this is speculation on my part. And if they're really successful, the, the, the developers will then migrate them to the bigger platform, whether that be a mm, console or this. That's a big quite honest. Uh, you know, they, they've done it. Rockstar's done it well with GTA, Brennan GTA to iOS, but going the other way, I don't know. Well, here, here's what I'm thinking. Hear, hear me out. Here's what I'm thinking is that when they do that, when they take it from iOS to or tablet, smartphone to a more uh, to a more powerful system, um, and I know people are going to argue with me. He who shall remain nameless will argue with me about processors and all that. So go ahead, send the feedback, call me, tell me I'm an idiot. I don't care. But anyway, the um, th- they'll add features. You know, it'll be okay. It'll be like the free version versus the paid for version type of situation. You know, if you want the quick interaction of the ninety nine cent version, here's the game. If you want a more immersive, a bigger experience. Um, you know, give us twenty nine ninety five or whatever it is to play it on the Wii U or something well, like that. It, full of shit. But. <laughs> you know what? Here's something kind of crazy. You can get Angry Birds on the 3DS and so forth. Okay, so they had 3D. Nifty. Uh, but 3DS owners, just like me, would tell you straight, we don't play in 3D for very long at all. It's just there's very few games that really take great advantage of the 3D capabilities. So you basically turn it down to 2D. Um, but Angry Birds, $30 in Australia. So it's equivalent to $10 each game because they've got three different versions of Angry Birds. Um, yet I can get them on iOS for $0.99. Cents. Exact same game. And, and that's where I sort of don't like to see them going that way. It's like if they redid Angry Birds or did a special only 3D release uh, for the 3DS, that'd be great. Like, if they take the franchise as a whole and say, okay, you know what, uh, Gameloft, for instance, Modern Combat 4 is getting to the, the stage where we can compare it with Call of Duty. 
let's start putting it on the pro platforms, but we're not going to just port Modern Warfare 4 from iOS across, uh, or Android across to, to PlayStation 3. We're going to develop a game from scratch, but based on, on our intellectual property. That I can definitely guarantee. Absolutely awesome. I'd love to see it. But and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you said it better. That that's that's the point I was trying to make. That's that's where I think we'll start to see it. Um whether again, whether it goes to consoles, smart TVs, whatever we might be playing on in the future. So I think that's where it is, and that's where you'll see the good games get better and crap games wash away. Hopefully. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. There'll always be crap games. Um, and look, a crap game could just be something a, a fresh, brand-new developer coming in has a nifty idea but doesn't you know, necessarily push it to where it needs to go. Um, then again, it can just be someone trying to rake in the money. I'm, starting to, I'm really starting to get annoyed with these freemium games where you get them for free and then you've got to sort of pay money and to play them and that... I hope, and I, I know that the developers need to make money. I'm not trying to deprive them of money. Charge for it. You know, make a good game. Give us the features that we want from the get-go. I'll pay 10 bucks on iOS for a good game. i got no issue about that. But don't give it to me for free or give it to me. F- I, I think what makes it worse is when I get a game for 99 cents or $1.99 and then it's got in-app purchasing. And it's like, you're fucking kidding me. It's like, <laughs> charge me 5 bucks. Give that to me up front. You know, if I like your game enough, I will pay for it, you know. Yeah, I, I, that that didn't used to bother me, and it does now. It, um, it's more prevalent now. It's just all over the place. Um, every game I play, like uh, Need for Speed, uh, Most Wanted, that's a premium uh, price game. I'm, I'm not sure what the price was. I actually got it on a sale, so I only paid 99 cents for it. Uh, but that's normally a premium title. And in there, they, they've, you know, got all these different in-app purchases and so forth and it's like okay i know on the console side of things you've got the the add-on extras that you can buy and 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 the packs that you can buy but you don't need the packs as much as you seem to need them in ios so i don't know that sounds probably really strange but it it just feels like you're getting milked more on the portable platforms than you are on the console platforms i don't know I'm just a bit jaded, I think, Kevin, at the moment. I, I just... I still love gaming. I'm not entirely happy with the gaming that we're seeing on iOS. It's not really revolutionary enough for me. It's not changing the ball enough. It's... Uh, it, it's just lacking something, really. It's the whole experience, I guess, it. It's been sucked into that virtual world, and, and maybe it's just because it's the small screen. But you yeah. know, I've played enough iOS games now that every single time I, I go back to the 3DS, and that's a small screen, but I can get sucked into the world, but every single time I go back to it, it's like, man, this is so much better quality than my iPhone my my iPad. And I've played every game from you know top developers to you know brand new developers on iOS, and I'm still just... I'm not digging it. I'm just not seeing it. Uh, and it's not iOS. I, I say iOS because that's the gear I've got. It'd be the same on Android. I'm just... I'm not in tune with it. I, I still like that tactile feedback. But you know what? Maybe I'm just getting a grumpy old fart too because, you know what? I'm going back. I'm buying CDs again. I'm buying DVDs again. I'm saying, screw you, digital 
you know, thins, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, <laughs> maybe you're, I'm just a little, well, you know, you're, you're, I'll, I'll show you're you this. having your cycle. <laughs> I'm going through my cycle indeed. You know, I'll, I'll just show Kevin this album. I, I bought the new Aerosmith album, which is music from another dimension. Absolutely gorgeous album. Now, this is the way CDs should be presented. It's in full gatefold, and I've actually got to pull it back because it's so big. It pops out three discs, so you get a supplemental, you get the album, and then you get the DVD, uh, and then you get a booklet, and it's bigger than um, your standard CD case, so it's actually significantly larger. So if you look at a standard CD size and then you compare it side by side, it's much bigger. So, you know, you yeah, get better is. graphics. Uh, you can actually read the, the notes a lot better and so forth. And, you know, I had the choice between getting this. And the only difference between this and the iTunes Plus version was that uh, the interviews that are on the DVD weren't available on the iTunes Plus version. And, of course, the bigger difference is I get to hold this. Whereas I don't get told the i plus the, the iTunes Plus version, plus plus, um, you know those versions only work on your Mac. It's the same with iTunes Extra with movies. I've bought a few movies. I actually bought um, a movie yesterday that I had in my wish list on on uh, on iTunes, but it was the same price on DVD, and I went, okay, you know what, I'm going to pick it up on DVD because I actually get to hold it, I get to look at it, it's got all the same features. Uh, but what's really irritating me is that a company like Apple can't give you iTunes extras on the iPhone, on the iPad, or on the Apple TV. It is like, what the fuck are you doing on Apple? I I don't blame Apple for that. I blame it on the content owners and the stupid, the dumbass licensing processes that they have. You know, we've circled back to one of our ongoing themes here, digital rights management, the way so that's the, why I'm going away from it because I'm I'm getting sick and exactly. tired of being restricted. It's like I, if I pay for a movie on iTunes, I should be able to get the extras when I'm sitting on the lounge watching the TV. I shouldn't have to go in front of my computer to watch the making of. That's just it's bullshit. It's stupid. And and okay, maybe it is the content providers. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but that's a good argument. But then don't provide iTunes extras. You know, if you can't have it go across all your devices, don't provide it because you're starting to get people like me, loyal consumers, rather pissed off and say, you know what, hey, I don't want to be buying your shit no more because your shit makes me sit at my desk. I sit at my desk all bloody day. I just want to sit down, relax and unwind. And, you know, that's just an, another reason why I'm, I'm turning around and saying, you know, what? I'm going back to physical media. I'm going back into it hardcore, uh, you know. It doesn't matter if I forget a password. doesn't matter if my account gets hacked. doesn't matter. You know what? The house has to burn down. I've got the house insured. So... Yeah, I... I, I you know, I've stayed with physical media. I've never gotten as far away from it as you did. So... Uh, I, I went I think to the it, full extreme of totally getting rid of all my physical media and going full digital, and now I'm going back because... It's just not worth it, and, and even the prices. Nine times out of ten, I'm getting a cheaper price physical media. Who needs convenience? Hey, hey I still buy. I still have oodles and oodles of VHS tapes around here. We still use them. A lot of them are still in fairly decent shape. Um, I still have combo DVD VHS players all over the place. <laughs> Nothing wrong they with work. Those. They work. They, they work. Do the job. And you know, I have a friend who's a huge movie buff. 
he goes around to yard sales buying old VHS tapes, stuff that never did make it to DVD. Oh, yeah. And and you know never made it over to uh, pure digital. Yeah. So, um, oh, I mean any players. I mean, you know, it just doesn't exist in digital format, period. Yeah, even on a pirating network you won't find it. I've come across many a title that I've wanted, and it's like, wow, it is on VHS. I've even got a few movies, uh, because I've still got a VHS uh, player here. Still got a few movies that are only on VHS, and uh, it's just, you can't find them. Whoever owns the rights to them just aren't allowing them to be produced anymore. And it's like, oh, whatever, if you don't want to make money, fine. You know, I'll just stick the old VHS in. But yeah, Play props. you know, I'm just coming back to physical media because I'm so disappointed with some of the things that's happening in, in pure digital media. You know, I love something like iTunes Match where, you know, $30 a year and uh, I can have, you know, I, I can, you know, match the, the CD and then have it in the car, you know. But I've still got the CD, I've still got the physical media. Uh, I buy it on iTunes and it's only... That. The other thing too, I tend to forget. So what I have to do is I actually play through my playlist from A to Z. And then it's like, oh, wow, I forgot I had that album. And it's like, because I don't see it, and because I'm not going through the catalogue, I'm not picking it out. You know, just like on the iPhone and on the iPad, it's still clunky to actually search for what you want, really. Um... It's better, but it, you know. Well, I, anyway. I, I would say that you graduated. <laughs> you've definitely graduated over into the old fartisms. Absolutely, I, I love it, and you know what? I I hope that the Apple gear gets better. I hope that you know the the plus content and and the iTunes uh, additional content gets better. And I understand some people just don't care, but I'm sorry, but I do, and. Uh, you know, when I can get something physical and something beautiful like a fold-out, you know, um, digi-pack of an album that I really want, or I can just look at it on my Mac only and then just play the music on other devices, I know which one I'm going for. I'm going for the beautiful fold-out. And uh, I'm starting to... We, we, Sorry? The beautiful fold, beautiful fold-out, we are still talking about this. Right? Well, not, you know, not, I'm not talking about my not, penthouse not, magazines. That's for next week's show, Kevin. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to make sure we're clear here. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, before we do dig a hole any deeper, we better call it an end to the show because I've got to take the kids to swimming and you've got to go and have some dinner. So uh, where can the listeners find you uh, getting over this experience? Double dosage of Mark this week. Um. I shall be at the local hospital in the psychiatric ward. Uh, no. uh, you can find me on Twitter where I spend the majority of my time, and I'm starting to spend more time again back over on Google+. So on Twitter, it's uh, twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or if you want to find me over on Google+, just circle me up as Kevin Alder, and you'll find me there. Fantastic. And uh, if you've ever seen the, the movie 12 Monkeys, when uh, Kevin said that he was in the psychiatric ward, I thought immediately of 12 Monkeys and thought of Kevin just jumping around on the beds and, and shaking the, the windows and so forth. So very good movie, that one. I, I do like that one. Haven't seen it for uh, probably about a year now, but always a good sci-fi to, to go and check out. And uh, for anything relating to me, simply head across to markgreentree.com. You can find links to everything you could ever possibly want to know about me and uh, ways to contact me. Please leave feedback for us. Uh, 
jsc at mymac.com is our email address and if you could leave uh just a little bit of feedback in in itunes uh you don't even have to actually write feedback just give us a star rating one to five be honest we don't care um yeah because it all it all helps you know if we get bad uh sort of reports back from the listeners we'll know hey you know what we need to change the show a little bit we're not going to change off one person i mean we don't listen to the man who shall remain nameless he's just I don't know, he, he just blows smoke out of his chimney a little bit too often, so we just don't pay attention to him any wow, longer. that sounds painful. <laughs> but you know what? If, if you're a gen, genuine listener, you want to give us some feedback, we'd love the feedback. Uh, you know, if you feel that we could do something different, change it up a little bit, please let us know. We're having a lot of fun, and we love doing what we're doing, so we hope that you enjoy it. But, uh, you know, we're, we're always happy to have some constructive criticism. So with that, thank you very much for downloading and subscribing. Until next week, take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. Hello, I'm Mike McPeak from Bard on the Plains podcast. Growing up on the plains of South Dakota, I used to listen to my dad tell stories about his life. I never had a chance to record any of these, but I realize that everyone has a story to tell. And that's what I try to do on this podcast, tell anecdotes of my own and have other people tell their stories in their words and in their voice. So please listen to Bard on the Plains podcast. It's about stories, mine and yours.